Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Mamas, Welcome back to another episode. I am so thrilled that you're here today. So today we are pressing the reset button on time management. We're moving past this idea of time poverty and moving towards time abundance. So when I became a mom, I really became increasingly obsessed with trying to find work, life, personal balance. How do I better balance play and productivity and personal time every day? And I felt that so often the thought that keeps me from experiencing that balance is feeling like I don't have enough time. And that leads to stress and anxiety and rushing and impatience. It's been a downward spiral. And I've noticed this, that it's this mindset of lacking time that keeps me feeling small it keeps me stuck and it keeps me from being the person that I truly desire to be we look at time as something linear that there's a start and a finish mainly because we are aware even though we might not think about death every single day is that our time on this planet is finite. There is going to be a time when we're no longer going to be in this human form, have this personality, have this name. And so we have a lot to accomplish. We have a lot of dreams and goals and spiritual lessons to learn. And we feel this inner rush to make things happen. When you're aware that this is kind of the the force that's pushing us to rush and to be anxious and to be impatient, we allow space to kind of slow down. And time, when you look at it in nature, is cyclical, right? We don't wake up every morning worrying, oh my gosh, is the sun going to come up? We know that the sun is going to come up. Even though we might not be able to see it because it's cloudy outside, the sun is there. We don't worry, oh my gosh, is the moon going to show up? And just like the seasons always change, just like babies get birth, um, they can't stay in your belly forever. There's a natural cyclical nature of life. And when we tap into this synchronicity of nature cycle, we can use that wisdom to apply into our daily life because our moods and our energy is affected by nature and it affects our focus. It affects our emotions. It affects our um, need for rest and relaxation. So today I'm going to talk about how to create time abundance and creating a schedule that syncs with nature's cycle. This is a powerful lifestyle tool to really feel less stress in your mind and body, and truly experience inner and outer balance. I'm going to share how to schedule your daily to-do list according to the Ayurvedic clock, and I'm going to share an approach of energy management that helps you link the wisdom of your menstrual cycle and the moon cycles in order for you to plan out your month and know which weeks are high energy weeks and which weeks are low energy weeks so you can pick the right tasks to do in specific weeks based on what your energy is going to be feeling. Since becoming a mother, 
one of the biggest things that I've really had to learn to shift my expectation is going away from believing that my productivity and my worth is dependent on what I accomplish, how many items I check off my to-do list. I've moved away from this idea of time management because when you're trying to manage time, you're ultimately saying that there's less time. There's not infinite time. There's a limited amount of time. And I wanted to get into a mindset of time abundance. And the biggest shift that I made was not trying to manage my time, but manage my energy, really tuning in to understand, do I feel high energy? Do I feel low energy? Do I feel focused right now? What is my mood? When you're learning and focusing on your energy, then you can use tools in Ayurveda and yoga and meditation to help boost your energy or meet Move your energy in the direction of what you need it to, to match your life. And so what I realized that having enough energy to be present for the things that really matter, that's really happening in this moment right now, and what I can physically do in this moment and must do is the most important thing. And I've tried to stop looking at, not that I don't have enough time, I look at it as I have enough energy to get done whatever needs to be done in this moment. And it's really shifted my perspective. I don't feel like I'm playing small. I don't feel like um, there's a lack, but more like I am in control. There's like this feeling of expansion there. Just think about how those two sentences feel. I don't have enough time. Say that to yourself. And then say, I have enough energy to get done whatever needs to be done in this moment. So you may not have enough energy to run a marathon, but you may have just the right amount of energy to fold the laundry. Maybe you might not have the energy to put the laundry away, but you can trust that the energy that's presented in this moment is going to match the tasks that you're choosing to do. So the two tools that I've really embraced and used is scheduling my 24-hour day according to the Ayurvedic clock and then scheduling my monthly schedule when I look at it a broad perspective in the beginning of the month what I need to accomplish. I will pick certain weeks to do certain projects based on what my where I am in my menstrual cycle and the phase of the moon. So let's start off with the Ayurveda clock. So I did a blog on scheduling your day according to the Ayurveda clock. And at the end of that blog, there's a printout that you can actually um, print yourself and then you can start implementing the Ayurveda clock into your daily routine. I will link that blog in my full show notes. All the full show notes for the podcast are located on my website, at thejalvpatel.com. So you can always go there and anything that I talk about or like books or people, I link um, that in the show notes there. So many of you probably have already heard me talk about Ayurveda in past podcasts. And you might be thinking, well, I thought that Ayurveda kind of dealt with your personal characteristics and the type of stress that you have. How can it be applied into your day and how to schedule your day and time management and time efficiency. Well, according to Ayurveda, the science of life, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha doshas are not just the names of the three mind-body archetypes, which relate to physical characteristics and how we respond under stress. These are energetic forces that within each and every one of us 
connects us to the universe and the ebb and flow of the rhythms of the natural world. Our body responds to the moon and the sun and the wind and the earth and all five qualities of earth, wind, air, fire, ether is found outside in the natural world but also found within our world as well. So the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and yoga brings our mind-body into balance by reconnecting us to the flow of nature. The closer you schedule your day and the task to, to follow the energy of the time of day it is, the more vitality, the less stress, the more flow you will experience. You will be more efficient because you're taking less time because you're not working against the energy of nature. The doshas show up based on what time of day it is and it's a cycle. It's a, it's, it happens every single day. Yes, they show up in the seasons. However, they also show up in a 24-hour period of time. So each dosha rules a certain time of day. Basically, the characteristics of that dosha will affect how you feel because the energy is the strongest in nature and the strongest within us. The utilization of the Ayurvedic clock is all about learning which energy or dosha is dominant at various times of the day and then how can you maximize the effects to your advantage. So here's how it works. You probably already break your day into work time, personal time, sleep time. But Ayurveda divides time into six four-hour periods over the 24-hour day. So each dosha is repeated twice, once in the morning and once at night. So there's a vata, pitta, and kapha time two times a day. So during each time period, the dosha that rules and their respective characteristics will influence your mood, your energy, your stress, and your inner peace. Understanding this is going to help you choose the activities and the food and the stress relief practices that will help you during that specific time. For example, during vata hours, you are more connected to your spiritual self. You're more playful. There's more laughter. Your mind can be more silent. There's more imagination. During pitta hours, these are your active hours. This is when you'll be the most focused, efficient, organized, and you can get ish done in a short period of time. Kapha hours are more slow. They're about personal connection, of relaxation, um, going more with the flow. So that's just a general of how these energies play in. So let's start with the 24-hour period with kapha, which is from the morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Kapha is an earth energy and it's heavy. Have you ever experienced that if you wake up between the hours of 6 and 10 in the morning, even though you may have gotten more hours of sleep, you feel tired and groggy and mentally dull and it's harder to get growing? That's because Kapha qualities increase within you. You're going to get that overslept, I am so tired feeling because there's more earth and heavy sluggish energy. So you want to wake up before 6 a.m. ideally in Ayurveda. Even if it's 5.59 a.m., you want to wake up and you want to get some movement in before that heavy earth energy kicks in. The other big thing that 
you know, we've been told as a society that, oh, breakfast is the biggest meal. It has to be a heavy meal filled with sausage and eggs and bacon and pancakes. But actually, when you eat a heavy meal, it actually increases the sluggishness and the heaviness in kapha. So actually, we need to eat a lighter breakfast so that your body feels more energized, that your mind can get reinvigorated and it can start thinking more clearly. So you want to eat a light breakfast between the hours of 6 to 10. And another big thing is to try to stay off social media. One of the biggest reasons we get sucked into social media in the morning when we wake up and we're tired tired and we're cozy in bed is because that heavy kapha energy is there. You're going to want to do anything to kind of just be lazy and not move. So the goal here is, is that you want to be up before 6am and the types of tasks that you want to do when you're awake and you're moving. If you're home, you want to do chores or errands that don't require much focus. So if you need to run and get something from the grocery store, if you need to fold laundry, do dishes, you know, do the tasks that are, don't require much mental bandwidth. If you're working, you, this is a great time to answer emails, to maybe plan your day. You don't want to do, like, you can have meetings, but don't do like super heavy, intense meetings early in the morning if you can avoid it. The goal here is to keep the task very like rudimentary. You can check these off really quickly because they're smaller tasks, don't require much mental effort. Then you move into Fitha hours between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. This is when you get working. This is the time of productivity. This time the sun is the highest in the sky, so you will have more energy, focus. You'll be more driven. You'll get more accomplished. If you love taking off those to-do lists, this is when you want to do it. You're going to be more proficient and organized. So take advantage of this hour between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. by tackling your most difficult tasks first. This is actually also the time noon is the best time to have your largest meal because your digestion power, the sun in your body, the agni, the fire is the strongest. So you want to have the, the biggest meal because it'll be easily able to be digested by the end of the day. So 10 to 2 is your time that you want to just knock it out of the park. Then comes 2 to 6 p.m., which is Vata hour. This is your playful, your creativity time. This is a great time to imagine, think expansively. If you need to have meetings and socialize and network, this is the great time to do it. If you're writing a book, perfect time. If you're uh, anything that requires creativity or you thinking out of the box or brainstorming, perfect time to do it. This is also a wonderful time to have a mindful reset because your mind is going to slow down before that four o'clock rush to the get the kids homework done get dinner on the table to get their activity get them to activities so if you can take a mindful reset just three to five minutes to breathe or meditate or listen to a guided meditation this will really keep vata in in balance and your mental stress at ease next is kapha hours which is between 6 p.m and 10 p.m this is that heavy energy that's coming back into play this is the time of unwinding this is when you eat a light dinner you can um your your mind and your body is settling down for rest think about it in the olden days when there was no lights you woke up when the sun came up and you went to sleep when the sun went away. We have all this artificial light at home which tricks our body to stay up 
for a longer period of time. Here's the thing. Your body is going to get into a natural form of heaviness. This is the time after 8, 30, 9 o'clock to turn off technology, not to watch violent TV. This gets planted into your subconscious and this is what will be the energy and what you will mull over for the next 6 to 8 hours when you sleep. So you want to be very, very in intentional and mindful about what you place into your subconscious at this time this is a great time for self-care and me time whether you enjoy reading or journaling or taking a warm shower or listening to soothing music you want to do something that is for you before you end the night and then there is the pizza hour again from 10 p.m to 2 a.m so do you ever find that if you're working or um, at 10 p.m. you get the second wind, that you get hungry again, you have the munchies at 12 o'clock or your mind can't shut down, it's harder to fall asleep. That's because pizza is back, right? This is the energy again for like going and doing. However, this pizza energy is actually meant to restore your body. That energy is needed so that you can digest your food, uh, rejuvenate yourself, and to heal yourself heal yourself on a cellular basis if you miss sleeping between the hours of 2 and 10 and 2 a.m your body misses these optimal cleansing hour so even if you sleep after that it's not going to be as potent you're going to wake up tired you're going to feel heavy and foggy because your body has not had a chance to get that restorative deep sleep. This is the time for internally cleansing not just the toxins from food, but your thoughts, your emotions, anything that you picked up from the day. So it's so vital to get to sleep before at least by 10 a.m. to get to bed so that you have that opportunity for your body to use that energy, not outwardly to do work, but to focus inwardly and get you the rest that you need. Then the last phase is between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. This is right at dawn before sunrise and this is vata time. This is the quietest time. If you've ever woken up in these early morning hours, this is the most ideal time to meditate because it is so quiet. They say that 3 a.m. is the time when the veil between the spiritual world and the physical world is the thinnest. So you're going to feel deeply connected. You're going to feel super peaceful and calm so if you can wake up early and use those early morning hours to really tune into yourself and then work out before that kapha energy so even if it's like a 10 minute just like jumping jumping jacks or lifting weights just or yoga sequence um just to get the body moving I know what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, well, I already wake up in the middle of the night. I'm nursing a baby or my child is a terrible sleeper. So they're up a few times a night. I don't know if it's even possible to wake up early. Here's the thing. If you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night, rather than fighting it and worrying about the sleep that you're not getting, embrace it. And that's what I did when I was nursing. I was really honoring that, wow, I have this blessing of being awake in the stillness and I would breathe and I would meditate and I would, um, while I was nursing or while I was rocking uh, Rihan or Ayan to sleep. So just shift your perspective that this is a blessing that you're waking up and trust that you'll have the exact amount of energy that you need to get through the day right? We're talking about energy management here. So don't worry about, oh, I'm going to be so tired or I didn't get enough sleep. 
I will have enough energy to do what I need to do. And like I said, keep your expectations reasonable. When you're waking up a few times in the middle of the night, no, you are not going to be in the prime condition to, to run a marathon or train for a marathon. But just keep what you're focusing your attention on and what you're doing to a reasonable amount. So this is the ideal time if you want to birth something creativity-wise into the world to just be quiet and to allow the downloads to happen. So this is how I schedule my day based on what dosha is ruling and place the tasks in my 24-hour day schedule. Like I said, I have a blog that has a printout so you don't have to memorize all this and it like breaks it down for you. The vata hours, the kapha hours, the pitha hours, and what are the tasks that you should focus your attention on during those time periods. So that is the first thing of scheduling your 24-hour day. Then there is the broader schedule of how do you schedule out your month. And this I learned from the book Do Less by Kate Northrup. I actually have to be honest though, as I've been putting myself more out there, I've noticed like when I, there's certain times that I feel so called to be on social media, to do videos, to be on my Insta stories, to show my face. I feel more inspired to share, share, share. And then there's other times that I just want to kind of just be recluse, just to take time to relax. I'm doing my own inner work to heal and to grow. And a lot of that is necessary. That downtime is necessary for me to process and heal and move so that I can have that energy to serve and be seen and to be out there and so I was noticing that and then when I read this book the most fascinating thing is is that our menstrual cycle the four phases of it and I'll quickly go through that is linked to the moon cycle which there are four phases and there are times where you're more energized and you want to be present and you want to be out there and there's times that you need to be inclusive where you're resting and you're processing and you're doing rituals to connect yourself and set intentions and so I thought this was fascinating because this is a great way of scheduling out your month of when you should be having those pitches you know or having deals or negotiating or really being out there and then there's other times of when you should be processing and brainstorming and working behind the scenes to do the the steps that are needed to make your dreams come true this book focuses on like I said the moon cycle and tracking the energy of your menstrual cycle and how it affects your mood and your energy and then using that to manage your schedule and to set a schedule for what you should be focusing on during those weeks. So the fascinating thing that I learned from the book um, Do Less is that it monitors your moon cycles and your your menstrual cycle, the four phases, in order to determine when your energy is the highest, when it's the lowest, when you need rest, when do you need, when is your energy really vibrant and you're the most attractive that you can pitch and put yourself out there. And there are these different 
energy frequencies that are different and fluctuations. See, as women, we cycle through our, um, just like the moon. It's a 28-ish day uh, cycle that is similar to our menstrual cycle, the four phases of it. But men are different. They operate on a 24-hour cycle. That's why they process emotions and move through it so much more quickly. And they experience life and emotions much differently than what we do. We have this external, this doing phase, but then we have this internal reflective phase. And our patriarchal society does not recognize that feminine, in, introspective, intuitive um, phase that we have for nearly two weeks out of the month. And so we have this beautiful wise ebb and flow that connects us to nature and we have to learn to use that wisdom in order to live more aligned with our truth to move in the world and to create in the world but also spend time to be reflective but also know when it is time to buckle down and do the right work and use the energy of the universe to know when to um to do work so the book with do less talks about and i really highly suggest that you get it if you're interested in this because i'm just gonna hit the tip of the iceberg on this stuff but basically there's four phases when we go through menstruation which is the follicular stage the ovulation the luteal and then the actual menstrual when we're bleeding and this correlates with the four cycles of the moon so the follicular is like with the waxing crescent moon ovulation is like the full moon the luteal is like the waning crescent moon and the menstrual phase is like a new moon now the ideal is is that women should um, bleed on the the new moon and ovulate on the full moon but we don't live in nature so our cycles if you track them they might not link up to the moon however do you ever notice like when you like hang out with a friend for a long period of time like your cycles sync up well that's the whole idea with nature if you set out the intention that you want it to link with the you know the bleeding in the new moon give it a few cycles and you know if you meditate on it and you really try to align with your energies it can happen i've noticed that um mine weren't doing mine wasn't doing that and then over for a few months then it started syncing up when i set the intention and just was living a more holistic lifestyle the more that i try to sync my life with nature and work with the energies of nature this just naturally synced up too so what i learned is, is that you know being a female we're very cyclical and we move through emotions and energy in a 28-ish cycle period and so we have certain weeks that we're extroverts and certain weeks that we feel introverted and that's because the energy fluctuation with us but our patriarchal society is all about doing 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 it's all about extrovert giving being productive, achieving, and you're not worthy unless you're doing. And this really goes against the grain of femininity and our energy. There are certain periods of time we are so intuitive and so connected and our right and left hemisphere of our brain is so deeply connected when we're menstruating. This is a great time to rest and relax and to be in within and journal. And then there's other periods, like when we're ovulating, we're direct, directly... Um, 
you know, connected to like the full moon energy, which is all about, you know, putting yourself out there. You're attractive. You're going to be able to magnetize and manifest that what you want. Um, you're more fertile with ideas. You're more fertile just in your body because you're able to invite, um, you know, a soul to come in. So recognizing that we cycle at a 28-ish day, 28-ish day cycle and men cycle in a 24-hour cycle. They process things much, much faster than us and they're just different. Their energy is different and I think we just need to honor that and if we apply this in how we manage our energy and schedule our life I think it can revolutionize how we manage our time. So what should we be doing during the four phases? So say that your energy is not linked up to the moon. Let me just share quickly like the four phases of the menstrual cycle. So you can start tracking your menstrual cycle and then just go online and Google um, moon phases or moon cycles um, and you'll know when there's the full moon and a new moon. And I suggest in the beginning of the month on your calendar, just write those down when the full moon is, when the um, new moon is, the waning moon and the waxing moon. And then just plug in when your cycle is. And so you're aware of what energies um, are present. I've noticed that full moons, I have an intensity of emotions and even Ayan does too. He like snaps more, there's more tantrums. And knowing that wisdom has made me be more gentle and realize that okay it's the full moon's effect at this time that's why he's a little cray cray and honestly I can be a little cray cray too like I will snap and be impatient when it's like the full moon time because and I'm like why am I not having any sort of self-awareness and I think it's a lot of the energy and the intensity depending on what kind of full moon it is the last full moon of 2019 totally effed me up I realized that's what kind of got my chakras out of balance so some of them can be very intense. Um, but let's go back to the menstrual cycle. So the follicular phase is the egg production phase. And this is when you're most primed to plan, to plant seeds of what your goals are, your desires, you brainstorm, and you can start new projects. And this is uh, the period of the waxing um, crescent moon. Then comes ovulation after the follicular phase. And this is when your body and your mind is most fertile. You're more creative. You are more articulate. You can um, invite and you're magnetically can bring in the things that you desire. Um, you're more attractive. So you're really going to want to pitch yourself, put yourself out there. If you're doing videos um, or podcasts or whatever you're doing, you want to put yourself out there. Great time to do presentations and speeches. Um, I was so happy to realize I didn't do this on purpose, but this was like the universe kind of guiding me. I picked dates for my book launch event that's happening in May. And the book is coming out in April, but for whatever reason, April dates weren't working out. And the universe guided me to May. And the energy of May just feels so much better too. But when I looked at the moon cycle, lo and behold, it is like right in the phase where um, there is a full moon, which means that I'm going to be my most vibrant, my most elevated, my most articulate. So I was so happy because it's like a line. The energy of my book launch is completely aligned with the energy of the moon. So I'm going to totally be in my element. 
And side note, if you're in New York or California, I hope to see you there. I'll give you more information on that later. But anyways, let's go back to um, after ovulation, there is um, a luteal phase. And when you, when you end, and this luteal phase is from when you ovulate to the end of when you um, menstruate. So this is the phase when you start wanting to go inwards, your energy is going to be pulled back. You're not going to feel like you want to network or be out there or socialize. It's the perfect time to wrap up projects. It's going to be more, you're going to be more focused. You're going to be more diligent. You're going to want to do like those tasks that are kind of like more technical and um, focus your energies on that. So just remember, this is a time to slow down. And then is your menstrual cycle, like itself. And this is when you, um, you're what we mostly talk about. And this is the rest phase. This is when your intuition is the most um, super connected. And um, you're going to have the lowest amount of energy. Take time off. Minimize social engagements. Gently move if you're going to do any sort of exercise. Like slow, gentle yoga. Don't do any orange theory or HIIT training. You know, this, this, this is a time for rest and reflection and closing out uh, your energy. So... It's so amazing how you can schedule your weeks and your month according to this. Like now I will only do like podcast shooting and interviews during certain weeks and the other weeks I'm going to focus on like copywriting and pitching and it's interesting like how I feel aligned to do those tasks too when they're linked up to the energy of the universe and how I feel inside. So I really hope this serves you well, helping you give the tools to be more proactive with your time and really work with energy, not be fixated on the time, the linear time, and look at it as from a place of abundance of energy. And when you feel abundance of energy, time becomes all relative. The difference in how we experience time is our is based on how much energy we have. How present are we when we're interacting with the time that's passing by? And so building that presence is being aware of how our energy is at a given moment. So I really, really think that these tools will help you. And um, let me know if you apply these tools, how they work for you. And definitely get the book, do less by Kate Northrup. I think there's a wealth of wisdom in there that uh, we all need to embrace now. So thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast episode. I love you guys so much and I can't wait to see which one of you like truly resonated with this and hear your thoughts afterwards. All right, guys. Bye. If you love this episode, I'd be so grateful if you subscribe on iTunes, share it with your mama besties, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do to share is screenshot it, share it on your Instagram story, use the hashtag Time and Talks Podcast, and tag me at Dejal V Patel. Of course, you can just text your mama besties the pod too, which is also totally cool. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, as my special thank you, I'd like to give to you my 7-Day Stress Detox course, 
absolutely free. This is a $79 value course I'm giving to you complimentary as my thank you for leaving a review. If you're a mom who wants tools to use in the heat of the moment that helps you decrease stress, manage your triggers, stop your own meltdowns, or you just want to infuse a simple moment of peace throughout your busy day to get centered, well, you want to get your hands on these tools. These tools are rooted in ancient Ayurvedic and yogic wisdom, and these kundalini meditations that I teach only take three minutes or less to feel better. These are my daily go-to tools that keep my stress at bay and help me feel calm and centered, and I'd love to make them available to you. All you gotta do is email me a screenshot of your review over to Thajal at thajalvpatel.com. That is T-E-J-A-L at T-E-J-A-L-V-P-A-T-E-L.com. I'll send you the course details right away so you can get started. And stay tuned, my book, Meditation for Kids, 40 Activities to Stay Present, Improve Concentration, and Manage Difficult Emotions is going to be released in spring 2020. This is going to be your favorite guide to make meditation fun, simple, and a part of your family's daily routine. Till next time. Bye guys. Thank you.